It's the shit show, and you know you're having fun. And I'm Lagan. Oh, that was so good. And it's now the shit E show. The E stands for entertainment. That's, that's very strange. I'm Mike, and I'm here to get <sighs> animorotic with my bodies. I'm Christian, and I'm sure these movies will be very divisive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, guys, nice. we nailed it. Nice. We nailed it. I think that's the best one we've done. I think it's time. It's time. It's time to retire. Is it time to shut it all down? It's because you were late to the call, Brian, and we all had time Don't to prepare Don't tell things. them that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So this time it's uh, animatronics, which was kind of hard to find because animatronics have been used in movies, you know, your Jurassic Parks, whatever. But it's not used as uh, the monsters or villains as much as you would expect, considering how creepy animatronics are, or how popular something like Five Nights at Freddy's is. The ghost, the ghost um, looming over the entire episode. Yeah, yeah, which we won't talk about. Um, well, we might m- mention a theory. I think specifically these like animatronics that are like intended to be nice children's things, and then go out of control. I think that was the thing that made it niche. Because there's lots of different things about, like, just generic robot things going insane. Yes. It's sort of the same yeah. horror genre as, like, clowns were originally supposed to be delightful children's entertainment, and now they're... And now they're killer from outer space. I think more accepted as a horror symbol. Yeah. And so it's the same corruption of a children's thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's the, the mm, reason both things are of easy to corrupt is the Uncanny Valley f- effect. Like clowns, they have this fake face painted on, which we've all come to accept as terrifying. And with animatronics, it's the herky-jerky movements. It's like the uncanny, like it's this is a non-living thing that's moving like it's alive. And I think that's the what you're trying to tap into, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But uh, this time, we have Willy's Wonderland. We have the Banana Splits movie. And couldn't find the third, like, (laughs) or human-sized animatronics. So, Child's Play, the remake. Yes, the 2019. Which movie shall we take first? Uh, Let's do the mm, Banana Splits. We usually do chronologically, right? And they came in 1968. Oh, that kind of chronological. <laughs> right? Gotcha. The Banana Splits is also the one that's that's most like, I think, the idea you had, you know? Uh, I guess so. I just think animatronics is gross and weird. Thanks, Chuck E. Get it? Chucky? Chucky? Okay. Oh, Chucky uh, Okay. <laughs> Chucky e. Cheese and Chucky from Child's Play. Oh. Yep. So, Banana Splits is a movie. There's a number of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's your first Perfect. <laughs> it's, a bit like, it's a bit like my gripe with um, Rob Zombie's Halloween Part 2, where it was like, if it was just called Rob Zombie's movie, I wouldn't hate it as much. So... Uh, Banana Splits is a long-running TV show, children's entertainment TV show. It's been on the air for 50 years. We're introduced to kind of an American sort of nuclear family. A young boy really likes Banana Splits. Banana Splits is this sort of very 1970s retro TV show with four people in kind of animal costumes. The boy's a big fan, so they go to a live recording. Um, we're introduced to other characters, uh, influencers and things like that when they're queuing to get in. Um, we discover, for some reason, that the show, despite its success, is going to be cancelled. And then we're also introduced to sort of the the person who maintains these presumable, what we I thought in, from starting the movie would be people in suits, but it, we, we find out that these are actually robots. Bizarrely, somehow it is more cost-effective to build entire robots instead of just getting some schmucks to wear costumes. Well, you don't have to pay robots. 
the, the, tri- the trigger for things going wrong is the um, despite the show's success, it being cancelled. The Banana Splits was a real show. Christian, I only barely remember it being on the TV. Do you remember it? No, no, not at all. So this is why it's 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 the meta thing had no trigger for me. It was only when kind of went looking at it, you go, okay, it was a thing in the 1970s in America, but yeah. Yeah, so in the original TV show, they were, of course, men in suits. But then when they decided to make this Banana Splits movie, they switched to being animatronic things, and I, I that's probably directly Five Night at Freddy's fault. I haven't looked it up. Maybe, but um, it sort of sets like a alternate reality, where like banana splits is still on the air and i think this is more a tragedy about the world's greatest uh i don't know robot maker or like a guy who creates ai locked in the basement of a studio who slowly is driven insane because it's one guy that built these animatronic robots and programmed them Brian, you you have described for fifty. You have described years. a good movie. However, <laughs> this, this film doesn't get into that guy. Like he's barely in the no. film, which is kind of. When I saw this film first, I did didn't really like it. Didn't care for it. But then when I watched the other one, Willy's Wonderland, all was <laughs> forgiven, and I was like, "Wow, the banana splits." I liked loved the way banana splits had like characters and things and like it had people trying to accomplish mm. stuff and you know all the rest it's like a family yeah yeah it had it, it tried to do things and i think what i had heard about this was that this was the script for five nighted phrase which explains why they're animatronics this one no, Willy's Wonderland was. Well, this is the thing. I've heard it about both of them, and this is why I was opening okay. Wikipedia pages okay. to find out whether which one. And I think it was, um, yeah. I don't. I can't find any reference to Five Nights at Freddy's on the Wikipedia page for the Banana Split. Yeah, because it's a theory. Certainly, it, it's really fascinating that this existing, established, real life TV show was allowed to be turned into a schlocky horror movie. Yeah. Um I like that that's the thing that fascinates me the most is is the setup but like it kind of feels like it doesn't come together as much as it could have. Um certainly the actors are doing the herky jerky animatronic movements, but like you said, it's a world where Banana Splits has been running for fifty years. So it felt like they wanted to have that retro feel of like the color palette but mm, didn't yeah. want to do the effort of actually setting it back in the 50, 60s. That would be more expensive. It would be more expensive. Yeah. But but Lagan's point there is the, is the thing that struck me as well. When I was watching it, I thought, this would have worked really well. Can you imagine this as a 1970s found footage movie? Yeah. Or it could have worked. You know, like the um, that, that one that was set in the 70s, the space... Apollo 18? Oh, the moon landing... Yeah, but if it was filmed with an 8mm, if it was a family out into the recording and it was filmed with an 8mm film, it could have looked great. Ah. Yeah, it would have been more expensive, but I think it would have been infinitely better if it was a period piece about 1970s robots gone insane. Well, how could they get robots in the 1970s? Fully functioning AI. <laughs> but I'd, I'd be much more forgiving of that, Brian. I'd be happy to learn that they had crazy robots in the 70s or something. You know, the 70s was the start of the distrust of technology. You had Westworld, Stepford Wives. You had lots of movies about, as Mike said, generic killer robots. Yeah, this would have worked better as a period piece, but it wouldn't have even have been all that expensive because, you know, most of the film is very locked down in a very small space. You would just need your crowd to wear 70s clothes, you know, and maybe one or two 70s cars outside the thing. And the, like it really wouldn't have taken much to sell it as a maybe then, maybe then, what they were anxious about was the writer was like, "I want to have an influencer character," and yeah, yeah. maybe the writers yeah. were just like, "It's this is easier for me to write if it's not a period piece." 
You know yeah. the, the whole joke of like, oh, why don't they just call for help? The writer took great lengths to have the mm-hmm. robots destroy all of the phones. And it's like, you could have mm-hmm. just solved this by setting yourself in a time when they didn't, didn't have, have phones. Yeah. This is a semantics that's not important to how the movie turned out. Because you could place it in either time period and... I don't know if it would actually influence the events in the movie, other than a wand hitting a bag of phones. Yeah, not massively, just just from an aesthetic flavor. It yeah. would have might might have seemed a, a bit less jarring because it does seem unbelievable. Well, everything's unbelievable that this is yeah. a, hit, a, a hit show. You know, this is, shouldn't be a hit it's show. It's unbelievable <laughs> that Amazon or Google didn't swoop in and take all of this stuff for billions. As as Mike said, like compared to <laughs> the Nicolas Cage movie, there's there's things to like in this movie. Um, there's definitely things to like. There's some fairly satisfying kills if the yeah. if, if the effects and the practical effects are poor. Do we need to touch on? Exactly why the animatronic robots go crazy? Well, the film the film barely There's touches on it. There's not much other than some code that's green turns yeah. red. Yeah, <laughs> the caretaker animatronic caretaker he doesn't like the their little care sequence goes afoul, and their programming goes haywire, and that in combination with the show getting cancelled sets them off and they're like no we have to keep doing the show forever mm-hmm. it gets twisted yeah if you if it's set in the 70s it's harder to do the lines of code matrix looking code but then i just had a thought about like oh what if what if this crazy old animatronics guy who like oh he used to work for disney and then he got fired and now he's working for us Maybe what if that was the twist that like all of the animatronics was actual bullshit and it turned out to be dark magic <laughs> like <laughs> mm. you could throw in a bit of weird science yeah. or, or, or ancient nonsense and um, that, that would probably be the 70s explanation to it um, <laughs> before they understood science yeah because it's, it's the explanation for the robots going on a kill spree is you know kind of whatever uh, self preservation because they're actual AI they actually have a learning intelligence, and that's why they want to protect themselves. That's the only reason I see for any of this. Yeah, well, I mean, the main reason is they wanted to film a bunch of fun kills. The main reason is a copyright left yeah. somewhere, and someone gobbled it up. Yeah, I, I was reading, you know, in, in terms of, like, how is this something that someone allowed to happen, the copyright holders allowed to happen, mm. and, and basically... If it were something big like Bugs Bunny, it wouldn't have happened. But because it was this side, side TV show, some someone affiliated with Hanna-Barbera, it's important to us as stewards of these characters who are going to go on a lot longer than we are, that we treat them res- with respect. But we also want to embrace what is inherent in the characters, that they are all a little freaky. So basically they like admitted that all their like, bright, garish colors and... like motionless faces you know if you shoot it in a different light and put a horror score behind it it can be creepy yeah and because they just had it lying around it's like why not like we weren't doing anything else with these Mm. guys so hanna-barbera had the rights to the original banana splits and maintained it and made this movie they sold it out to the guys who wanted to make the movie okay but hanna-barbera i was just gonna say hanna-barbera made a lot of garbage yeah you know, I don't think they were too precious about anything they met. Nah, they don't care. It's yeah. fine. It's also worth pointing out that there has been a little mini spate of uh, children's properties that are very old being retooled as horror things. Because we also mm. had um, Riverdale is like taking an Archie comic and basing a whole horror thing on mm. that. We have Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is taking a yeah. children's colorful show and making a horror series. out. It's usually serieses. As opposed to films. comic books, is is it's, it does feel a bit like a more extreme version of what we covered in our last podcast. You know, we have fifty sci-fi adventure coming back as dark, mm. um, yep. nihilistic horror, and here we have children's stuff Nostalgia. coming back as 
actual horror, but uh, goofy, gory horror. Yeah, I wish I I love his the way he gets axed, but I do wish the tension with Stevie got built up more because he was the one actor that I felt like really went for actor trapped in kids TV show for 50 years. He was the one like human actor with the robots and had this great antagonistic relationship with them that resulted in a great kill, but the kill came very early. Yeah. His story was tragic and full of human misery. Uh, I also wish they had gotten to the, the Asian influencer that became the Hootie the Owl or whatever. A little more with that uh, subplot. So what, what I'd like to say about this could have been a legitimately scary horror movie. If they did two things, it could have been really dark and really scary. If one, they said in the 70s as found footage, or just said in the 70s. Two, they weren't animatronics. They were either four people who went fucking crazy, or there were four, peeps, four escaped lunatics, which kind of lean into the 1970s Halloween thing, who, who, who clobbered the four people who were playing. That's a scarier idea, than I think, than the animatronics thing. But anyway. Well... This one and Child's Play only, but Willy's Wonderland was sort of its own failure. <laughs> a unique failure. Oh, you love it so much. Hey, we're making a Nick Cage movie. What's the thing people love about Nick Cage? How zany he is and all the crazy things he he's, uh, says. So we're going to have him in this film say nothing. Like, just no, and we're like, is that a budget thing? And we're like, oh, no. and Mike wasn't able to find out, was that a budget thing? Like, was it cheaper to get Nick Cage if he doesn't speak? But Mike suspects that was a budget thing, that if it was cheaper for him to not speak. So we have Nick Cage, a character who's famous for being zany, in a film where he never speaks, and he barely does anything Nick Cagey, except for a couple of wide-eyed shots while he's smashing the monster robots. Oh, the monster robots! It's uh, This one is most like... Five Nights at Freddy, that Nick Cage is tasked with cleaning a Chuck E. Cheese's at night, and nobody seems to think it's weird that he never speaks. And uh, and then the month the animatronics come alive, and I think they're possessed by the spirits of serial killers, just like in Five Nights at Freddy's. I wasn't able to get to play Five Nights at Freddy's because I have nothing that could run it. Um, but like that, that's I think th- I think this one is the most direct, blatant ripoff of Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's awful it's just terrible this is a (laughs) garbage movie made by garbage people (laughs) the reason i think this is the uh fnaf script is because nick cage doesn't speak is because he is the silent video game protagonist now in five nights at freddy's you are defenseless and you have to ward off the animatronics, but they were like, oh, video game, you you punch and kick and, and do violence in video games, right? Like, obviously, that's what you, you'd be, he would be doing. It's like, oh, well, okay, no, but sure, <laughs> sure. Mm. Also, Five Nights at Freddy's was supposed to have a movie deal, and they couldn't reach an agreement. Something that movie studios do is if they have enough of a script or enough of a skeleton of a movie, they'll put it on the shelf and eventually sometimes they'll be like oh well we have this fraction of a movie it's better than starting from zero let's see if we can make it work i feel like that's what happened with this one yeah well there's been lots of speculation around how the hell this got made and <laughs> it got made poorly <laughs> <laughs> that nick cage didn't want to speak in the movie that it wasn't budgetary nick cage was like i don't want to talk in the film and I want to drive a fast car, and I want to be a tough guy. And I want to get diabetes. Because Nick Cage is a garbage actor, and there's also kind of the speculation that, you know, like, things become cult classics by accident sometimes, whereas there was sort of a marketing ploy to go, this is a future cult classic. And it has this kind of grindhouse Rodriguez, Tarantino, kind of pound shop version of all of that going on. Um it is a very bad movie. It's just endless after endless scene of Nick Cage beating up silently without dialogue, beating up these um, creatures. Sometimes it's in camera effect. Sometimes it's very poor CG, especially the ostrichy looking thing that really looks naff when it's in poor CG. Um, it's a pointless <laughs> film. It's very pointless. But but I, I get like you get how on paper we've got uh, a, a culty 
actor who's been memed to death, somebody like Nick Cage, or I don't know who another example would be, and we're going to have him in a children's thing at night and he's going to beat up all the creatures that come to life, you go, oh, that could be fantastic. But it's dull and it's boring and it, it's just dull and grey and there's no humour. This needed a lot more humour and light and colour and it hasn't got any of that. It's just drab. How, if the right people were involved with this concept, how you could potentially have something maybe great. There's a um, album of this music for this movie that is on YouTube. There's an album There's for the... There's a score for this movie, including all the jingles that they made for it, made by, like, one person. Oh, put it put in the jingle so people can understand what I was doing with the intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll put in all the jingles. Maybe not all. <laughs> I can't take credit for this, but somebody else said... I'll take credit for it. What is it? That this movie uh, should have had Bruce Campbell as the lead. Oh, oh I don't want to take credit for that. That would have been so much better. Cause, I mean, because I mean, yeah. Bruce Campbell's not going to do the silent protagonist thing. You can't shut that guy up. And, and usually what he <laughs> says is delightful, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's yes. already gotten to the point where they have to use CGI to do all the cool stuff that he wants to do anyway. Yeah, it would be perfect. You could lean into the cartoony nature of this entire movie. I have no interest in Nick Cage driving a fast car and being a super tough guy. Mm. This That's boring to me. So it, having Bruce Campbell, an elderly Bruce Campbell forced to roll around on a floor with a puppet and it's obvious that it, he's struggling, that would be great. <laughs> you know, with regard to this film, the worst possible interpretation of every single half-decent idea for a movie like this was taken. They went down the worst possible road with each idea that could have been interesting. Certainly, uh, my experience with watching Banana Splits again was like, oh, that that was more fun, that was more enjoyable than I remember it. Having to watch Willy Wonderland again, I I just got more frustrated because they, like, really phoned it in and just less than the sum of its parts. It seemed full of itself. Yeah, it feels very linear and, as you said, very paper thin, and that's why we're kind of struggling to say too many things about it. Well, um, do we need to include that there's a whole cast of teenage characters who, there's yeah, a girl yeah. who mm-hmm. was rescued from the thing. We haven't even mentioned the meta plot. The, 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 the animatronics are possessed by satanic Satanist serial killer guys. And they would use the restaurant to lure kids and, and moido arm and sacrifice. And then after the FBI caught up with them, they transferred their consciousnesses into the animatronics and then would go on a killing spree. And when they tried to close the place off, they, they started wandering out of the Willy's Wonderland and killing people in town. So the town came into an agreement to set up speed trap things to, to break Nick Cage's tires on his fast car. And they would just leave people there. They make the sacrifices. Yes, and the girl yeah. somehow survived, which is inexplicable. And so she wants to burn the place down, but is extremely bad at it. And her best plan for burning it down is to come back later with a bunch of just the most useless people in the universe and have those people all fall into the restaurant uh, through the roof and then they get chased by the animatronics and picked off one by one in just the lamest ways you can possibly imagine. It's just sickeningly lame. The first time I saw someone in this movie punch one of these animatronic robots and their like arm not start bleeding and like have fractures i was like okay this is stupid um, you can't just punch metal with your fists that's not and how just it like rip an entire metal part out from like the connectives but that was nick cage right after drinking his punch pop which is magic because there's magic in this movie this is your black magic whatever theory there was never any payoff for the constant drinking of energy drinks like in a a, i don't know like in a 
douchey broy film, you'd have him taking a massive diarrhea or have, you know, in the middle of a fight, getting the shits or something because he drank too much. I started laughing to it's myself there a few minutes ago because the other the other person that could have made a better version of this movie work as the lead, if he wasn't a dick, is Steven Seagal. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that would have been also great. <laughs> Yeah, because a fat bloated. A I just picture in fat bloated Steven Seagal versus the ape, the gorilla ape costume. Ah, oh, that would have been all aw- if Steven Seagal wasn't a dick and could do. A, you know, that would have been awesome. That would have been. Yeah, great. I don't think he can do the action scenes anymore. There's a kitchen. You could have totally had him rehash the line. No, no you don't under siege. He goes. Nobody beats me in the kitchen. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Jack Jackie Chan. Would be too good for this movie. We're talking like yeah, way yeah. too shit, good. Yeah. Yeah. shit people, yeah. shit box, <laughs> yeah, shite box. Um, so the energy drink thing. I was thinking, is it going to be revealed that he's also some sort of animatronic, and that's why he's able to oh, beat up, and yes, that he's like yes, literally yes, yes. powered by these weird energy drink things, and that's why he doesn't talk, and that's why he seems single-minded and robotic. But no, they didn't even do that. It's so bizarre. They have these montages of him, like, on a timer drinking these sodas and playing pinball. It's peppered throughout the movie. And yeah, doing that seems to give him superpowers. It seems to give him the ability to beat up metal machines with his bare fists. So weird. It's so weird. So I'll complain a bit more about something else. So Nick Cage... <laughs> has been beating sure. the shit out of these things. Just like, they, they offer no credible resistance to Nick Cage. And then towards the end of the film, the sheriff uh, realizes her adopted daughter, the little girl that she rescued, is now the teenage actress who's stuck in the thing. And she's like, oh no, we have to, we were, they were only supposed to eat Nick Cage. We're going to go rescue my daughter. And when she goes in, she like ties up Nick Cage and she apologizes to those, the robots but Nick Cage has been kicking their fucking ass. It makes no and sense. she can see that he has, She can yeah. see that mm-hmm. Nick Cage has just been going to town on these things. Like, D- Nick Cage has demonstrated that they're incredibly easy to get rid of. And she has a gun. And she has a gun. Mm-hmm. And instead of joining in on just animatronic carnage, she just goes, oh, we're terribly sorry. Now we're going to leave this, uh, this building and leave you to eat Nick Cage as per our shitty agreement. You know, it's just bananas. It's so lazy. Yeah, it's bad. It was maybe a good premise. All banana, no split. You could have had. <laughs> yeah. Hi, oh, but um, Nick Cage is contentious anyway because his whole fucking career was based on nepotism, and you know, well, it is because he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. No, I, I know, I know. It's just a funny, funny point to bring up. <laughs> And, like, I remember in the 90s, like, when he was a legitimate big name where he was in, you'd go to the movie theater and he was in Hollywood A-lister. And, oh, man, like, that nepotism obviously had a very kind of limited purchase, you know, where everybody kind of started to kind of maybe see through the scam. And uh, there's wonderful test footage of... I don't know if you've seen this Nick Cage auditioning for Batman. Superman. It's Superman. 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 It's It's just the worst. (laughs) Somebody on YouTube did a great job. They took that test footage and they kind of edited it and they put real sad music on top. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Yeah, no, Nick Cage is just a nonsense actor. And and since he, since the Tyrannosaurus T-Rex skull he bought, since that almost bankrupted him, He's had to take every job going, um, which is why he's in. I think he's in some awful things. This yes. movie would be done better if it had more mystery about why they have to make sacrifices to the animatronics. You know the mangler when we watch yeah. the mangler, yeah. and it's like secretly it was this place of power, and like uh, the mangler is actually this sort of eldritch monster i think you throw elements of that in this movie and like some sort of secret genetic uh, monsanto <laughs> chemical whatever that's inside yeah, it's, the sort of like mutant powers <laughs> or whatever there you go yeah. that's a great one that's a great no one intrigue. it doesn't necessarily take itself too seriously you don't have to like force all these like uh, exposition dumps about well, it was secretly owned by serial killer. Blah 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 blah. 
dumb shit. You just sort of leave it as a mystery, and people will either be like, "All right, I don't have to think too hard about What's this," something? I don't know. or you can no, actually no tension, do well. no intrigue, no build up, just Nick Cage no, sporadically no, beating up robots yeah. while teenagers die. Zero story elements. Yeah, no investment. It sounds like we're ready to move on, right? Are we? Yeah. Okay, so the one thing I would have done with this movie, Mike's fix, Mike's easy-peasy fix to make this film almost forgivable, right, is at the very end of the movie, Nick Cage is getting back into his fast sports car and he's getting ready to go. And the teenage girl who's totally... She's not teenage. She's like in her mid-twenties. But she's still totally age-inappropriate for Nick fucking Cage. She walks up to him... And she gets into the car, the fast sports car with him as if she wants to get out of town because, like, this town has nothing left for her. And she's like, let's go. Nick Cage hasn't said a word throughout this entire fucking thing. So Mike's fix is Nick Cage swivels her head around to the girl and goes, okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. You would love that. And then, yeah, and then they drive off into the sunset and it's revealed that Nick Cage wasn't talking because of his... Hot, horrible voice. I got shot in the mm. throat in Baghdad. This is my backstory. I'm a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls out like a voice box or whatever. No, I think and he's be like, if it was all Punch Pop took my larynx. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, you could have totally yep. done something funny. Yeah. You could totally, so even if he started talking in a, an accent, it wouldn't even. Oh, if he started talking in Chinese funny. or something. Yeah. yeah, no, or if he had a Cockney, an, an inner city London Cockney accent. Yeah. I mean, just something that was very out of the environment yeah. instead. You know, all oh, right, Gabna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd have been great. Robots, Gabna. Oh, I love that. Robots, Gabna. Oh, yeah, so just oh, something man. that would be... Oh, that's why he didn't talk during the Bible, because his voice is silly. <laughs> Spe- speaking of, of voices, and, and Mark Hamill... Oh! Uh, I was trying to get yeah. there, too, Lagan. Yeah. I was trying to get there, too. I don't know if this one's going to work. As no, well no. Our other gems. We're, we're, we're really janky and, and, and herky-jerky today. Like, like... Okay. Child's play. <laughs> I would go with Chucky and Chucky e. Cheese. You know, um, the hot new toy is um, Buddy. Uh, he's a companion that works with all of the. What's the corporation called? Apple Tech. Apple. Um, but like, he's a companion <laughs> for your child. Fucking Apple. Um, and we see um, a beleaguered sweatshop worker assembling um, a Buddy has his his moment of rebellion and he turns off the safety protocols in one of them. Uh, and we cut over to single mom, Aubrey Plaza and, uh, in her desperation to get a toy for her son, she, uh, nabs the defective one that gets returned. And of course it happens to be that particular buddy. And so her son starts bonding with it uh, and whatever, but it's behaving strangely. And there's the movie. I just want to mm-hmm. note that, Megan, uh, mm-hmm. the, the corporation that you couldn't think of the name of is the Caslin Corporation, Kaslan. which is actually a clever anagram for K-Anals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, now, now it makes sense. <laughs> uh, Chucky. Voiced by Mark Hamill. Yeah, voiced by Mark Hamill. It's very hard to talk about this movie without talking about the 1988, I think it was 88, Child's Play, and the subsequent sequels, and the significance, I suppose, Child's Play had in this part of the world, because we spoke about censorship on other podcasts, and it it was Child's Play 3 was banned as a video nasty in the UK and Ireland, and it's intrinsically linked to the Jamie Bulger murder, which is a completely different topic for a different podcast, but go Google that, fans. Um, but it's very hard to talk about this without talking about the um, the original. The big takeaway from this, but what I'm about to say is too obvious, I, I think everybody knows what I'm about to say anyway, is, is how problematic the mechanism by which the robot becomes evil versus the original. Uh, yeah. You know, because it's, it's, it's like a Simpsons treehouse of horror, 
the robot has a good setting and a bad setting. And it, it's as though the person who wrote it didn't understand how programming works. How the fuck... You can't program something to be good. Like, I don't know, maybe that was just my problem oh, with the movie. So there's a there's an idea in science fiction that, like, AI can have, like... It can be gated so it can't develop exponentially like everybody would fear in, say, a Terminator universe or whatever. So there's, like, a... I guess it's like a narrative um, something mechanism for AI and stories. Yeah, I will counter Christian by saying that I like the fact that they um, gave it a new twist. Really? Because, uh, you know, lots of these remakes of classic things, it's, they basically did the exact same thing that they tried to do in the Robocop remake, where it's like they're they're having some sort of commentary about yeah. overseas yeah. labor, overseas stuff, making yes. te- technology yes. bad, China. blah, blah, blah. And this painful allegory, how about it can, it can bite you in the ass? But I, yeah, and it's funny, I liked the Robocop remake because I felt it was its own yeah. movie. Yeah, well, well, this is what I felt for this film. I felt this film was trying yeah. to be its own movie compared to the 88. Yeah. Was it 88 that the Child's Play came out? 88, yeah. Even though it's hokey, the, you know, the original is... A, a, a violent criminal does a voodoo ritual um, to inhabit. Totally Christian. I would have, if the original was about an animatronic toy going nuts, and in this film it was a violent criminal dude voodoo, I would have had the same <laughs> yeah. reaction of going, oh wow, the, look at them changing stuff up. Isn't that nice? Yeah. You know? See, I, yeah, I found the this a lot more compelling because. You know, mm. a lot of the movie is then establishing this relationship between the boy and and Chucky, and how you know in the original it's just some evil guy using um, the boy, as whereas you know it's not really necessarily a good and a bad setting. It's that he's trying to be good, but like in the wrong way, right? Like he doesn't approach it correctly. His machine learning chip yeah. has malfunctioned. It's it's that whole like kraken breaking a ship it's like oh i just wanted a hug you know yeah yeah right i get that for me and, and that's that's a compelling counter argument for me i felt it removed a lot of the personality and heart because chucky is a character because he's a person in the original whereas here he's ai that's defective and is reacting and picking up on some of the uh the feelings of our, our our young boy you know his dislike of his stepdad and you know um, and as i said that is the whole conversation around ai doing that is an interesting one. yeah well um, i think he becomes a character as the film goes on there's a classic sci-fi story called fondly fahrenheit and it's about this guy and he has a robot butler and the robot butler starts going crazy and killing people but because this guy is down and out he doesn't want to get rid of the robot butler so they just keep going on on the run and he finds out towards the end of the story that the robot butler is actually picking up on his murderous impulses. And the reason the yeah. robot is going murderous is because he's, he's secretly murderous. And I would have, they didn't go full hog, but it would have been better in this film if, yeah, it turned out that, that this broken robot is going murderous because it's picking up on all the struggles in the boy's life or whatever. Well, well, it's funny. There's, I, I couldn't watch this and not be reminded of a, you say, short story, a short movie that was made about 2014 by an Irish filmmaker. It, it went viral. It's well known on YouTube. If you like this, you sh- everybody should go watch a movie called Blinky. Oh yeah. Oh yep, yeah. yep, yep. I seen that. The, I didn't know it was an Irish dude. Yeah, yeah. That one creeped me out. Maybe I'll put a link of it in the description below, or however this works. So yeah, so I, you know, I found for me though, I found it a bit deflating um, and a bit dull. But some of the kills in this were very retro. <laughs> you know, there were some gory kills yeah. that were very retro, which were satisfying. You know, garden implements and things. It felt a bit eighties. The score, as well, kind of had a broken, uh, broken lullaby kind of Freddy's coming for you kind of vibe. Yeah, like keep it keeping in in some of the spirit, but but updating it in other ways. But it's yeah. funny you say retro because a lot of the fear of technology stuff in this did feel 
retro like like brian's already brought yeah. up the the craziness of the or, or you were saying as well the craziness of the ai having an evil switch but then the craziness of the internet of things like chucky hacking a self-driving car and making it do stuff seems like mm. a type of thing an old person would be very nervous about you know absolutely you know like not the thing that any person who knows how technology works would like yeah, theoretically possible with like, you know, uh an AI learning or whatever, but practically I don't know. No. <laughs> That's not how car work. There is though, like there's there's a they're not necessarily horror, they're kind of horror science fiction, but there is a whole very interesting uh subgenre of movies from the seventies about the fear of technology and AI. Very early proto movies about that. Um, you know, there's even um a ridiculous movie. It's. I don't know. Is there more movies like that? But demons. Oh yeah. Where, where a computer, Uh-oh. a robot rapes a woman and impregnates oh, yeah. her, and you know, but but it relates to the fear of technology in seventies. Um, it's a set of fears that have spanned a long time, and it's like fear of technology, not necessarily a particular technology, and that's always been a thing. <laughs> it's been a thing since the industrial revolution. Yeah, but the, the but the uh, the more specific, the more kind of niche sub subgenre of the the AI part of it, rather than somebody being afraid that a, a, a well, people are still afraid of that now. Yeah, I know, but the, rather than somebody in the industrial revolution being afraid that the piece of machinery was going to take their job, this is more of the 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 sentience. You know, the it's 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 aware, it's awake, it's evil. Um, that whole schlock. I think this movie did poorly because it already... So it's taking source material and changing it completely, and people hate that. People that were like, oh, there's going to be a new Child's Play were probably like, where's all the magic serial killer stuff? I think that's one of the reasons why it did so poorly. Which is a shame. Like, I don't know, I think it explored fun things. Certainly on a a technical level, compared to the other movies where it's guys (laughs) trying to look like robots, they actually... It's a very convincing animatronic toy um, that Mm -hmm. the boy gets to interact with. And, you know, later it had the same problem of just how much this doll can move around and do... But, you know, if you don't think about that too hard, you know, it's okay. Mostly, it's impressive watching it actually move around and stuff. Footleg, and that's the one thing where you would go the the magic serial killer is better. Because if the magic if a magic serial killer doll is doing crazy stuff it's not able to do, you think about that less yeah. than when it's like an animatronic magic. toy. You know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, this obviously, versus the other two movies, this is the most movie-shaped. This was a big studio movie. Got some names attached to it. Got some names, got some nice cinematography, got some nice scoring, got some... Yeah, it's it's the most movie-shaped. And uh, But it's funny, uh, the, the... Like, you know, China's Play 1988, intentionally or not, I always consider it a comedy horror. Yeah, well, that's where the franchise went, so... Makes not, sense. Yeah. not a lot of comedy in this one? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. It reminded me a bit of the kind of slew of remakes that came out of the early to top of 2000s up to the 2010s that were just everything was kind of washed out and grey and dull and serious. And uh, I think I think maybe, Christian, they were hoping that, oh, Aubrey Plaza is in it, therefore it'll be funny. But then, because you're spending most of the film with the kid and Mark Hamill, Aubrey Plaza didn't have a lot of opportunities to insert... Oh, all this stuff when they were swapping the head. You know, like there was like an errant head that was stuck to a pumpkin. No, it wasn't even a head. It was a face. Watermelon. It was a face with eyes and teeth. It was, was horrifying and comedic. It was dumb as shit. <laughs> there, there is also the guy who has to don the mascot head, and he's like dying while trapped in the mascot head. Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny. Oh, I thought that was Blood funny. spurts all over the little girl when... when <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Chucky like stabs the dude in the throat with like an exacto yep. knife, and he comes stumbling out with like the the buddy head on or whatever, and then he takes it off, and arterial spray goes all so over great. a bunch of children and like the kind of retro kills. Way. Yeah, they, they felt like proper gruesome eighties kills. Um, Comedic over yeah. the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't say this is a bad film. 
But it, look, it, a remake is always going to be problematic, no matter what. Maybe. It's hard to live up to the rose-colored nostalgia glasses, yeah. certainly. Yeah. yeah. But I never considered, it's funny, like everybody talks about Child's Play. I never considered Child's Play sort of a classic that needed a remake. <laughs> mm. You know, to me, it was, yeah. it, it was kind of put in a box with, I don't know what else would be in that box, but it was never... So, yeah, like, like the Halloween films, right? Like the first one is fairly, fairly classy and... The first one is like considered a classic, and then the Jason movies are like the nasty, crappy uh, rip-off version. Chucky is like a couple of tiers below those. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like for my horror movie training, it was way down on the list. Yeah. it's below Gremlins, but above Jack Frost. Just about, but as I said, it had a, took on a very notorious, unfairly uh, reputation in the, in, in the eighties uh, or early nineties, rather. Um, in this part of the world. Um, so for that reason, Macarbonal as it was, that was part of my, okay, maybe I'll, I'll have a look at this because it relates to the whole video censorship nonsense that was going on. But um, And people forget, like, even in Ireland, like, it's a living memory for me and Michael that having a movies banned. I mean... Um, I can't believe that they were actually called video nasties. Yeah. Makes me want to watch. It them made more. everyone yeah. want to watch them more, Brian. You nasty. Mm. I doubt the censorship board called them nasties. There again, in England, maybe they did because we, this conversation relates to our podcast about American Werewolf from London. Even at that time, some English language was kind of silly, but perhaps it was just the tabloids that called them video nasties, and then it's well, for sure, the be. tabloids called them video nasties. But then people on the street were also calling them video nasties because yeah. that was what the tabloids had trained them to call yeah, it, yeah. you know? Uh, quite nasty. But, you know, there were some silly words still being used by English people in the 1980s. But, um, are, are we just going to talk about the history of English cinema? <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill crushes it again. He does. He really does. We talked about the sophistication of the animatronics because they actually made this doll. And it did all the face stuff. Then eventually they have to CGI it. But like, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> I think this movie's kind of dumb. Yeah, I did enjoy it though. Like of, of all the, I've seen all these movies before, and I think Child's Play was the least painful rewatch. It's it feels like a big nothing burger. Mm-hmm. Sh- shall we? It sounds like are we are we getting into the yeah sure do do does Lincoln want to make gross poop noises now my oh oh my I'm, I'm uh, on oh, antibiotics for Lyme disease at the moment and quinine <laughs> for babesiosis. So my poops are just, I got the runs real bad. And so my, it's more of a nice. flood splash noise. Oh man, we actually just become a bowel movements podcast. This is called the shit show. For people who downloaded the wrong podcast, we do talk about <laughs> bowel movements a little bit. A little bit. For you, coprophiliacs. I don't think I could in good conscience recommend any of these movies <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah you know <sighs> yeah yeah that's about right banana splits ain't a bad movie and it had a lot of potential and if it was approached slightly differently i think it had potential to actually be quite a good horror movie so but i still flush it uh onto willie's wonderland or whatever it was called um the Nick Cage movie is just, it's, it's, you know, it's another one of those movies, a bit like um, Human Centipede, where you go, how did this get made? How did somebody get money? How did such an incompetent script, you know, who wrote this and thought it was acceptable? Just flush that movie. And Child's Play, to me, it's fine. It's the most movie-shaped, but it feels like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. It feels a bit big and corporate and producty, which... Is kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would also go pretty much with what Christian said, um, except for I, I would give Child's Play just a little bit more credit. Like it goes down painlessly. I would say you could watch mm. Child's Play or the Banana Split with, with friends quite comfortably, 
Um, I'm not sure either of them is is good enough to have a private viewing. You might be tempted to we we might have accidentally made Willie's Wonderland sound so bad it might be good. It is not. If just just for the love of God, do not be tempted to watch Willie's Wonderland because you're like, oh, it's going to be a trash Nick Cage movie and it's going to be fun because it's so trash. Nick Cage isn't talking it. So you're not going to get your, your fill of Nick Cage doing saying crazy things like you think you will. And the rest of the film is fucking boring as all shit. Well, that's some of the speculation that surrounds the movie that, you know, to the people making it, were the, was that what they were trying to sell? It's so bad, it's good. It's a cult classic. It's a, But not really understanding that you can't really make that. You know, you can't really... Uh, give us an hour... You know, so it's bad. Confusing. It's good, yeah. You know, um, give us one of them. It's it's confusing. It's a confusing movie. You're watching it and you're slowly realizing why, why, why is this? And you can't get those answers. They're not there. Yeah, straight straight flush for Willie's Wonderland. Uh, more of a hesitant flush for Banana Splits for me. I feel like the premise is more interesting than the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would definitely watch Child's Play with friends. I I give it a little more credit, I guess. Too, um, I get that it doesn't have the the sassy, evil villain like like a Freddy or like the original one, but I don't know. I think I think it deserves more than a shake than it got just for being different than than the source material. I would um, flush Willy's Wonderland, and I would also flush Child's Play, and. I think you could watch the banana splits. I do give Child's Play credit, like we've gone over. It does try to do something new with the franchise, and I appreciate that. It's got the best acting, but it's garbage. It's garbage. You can skip it. It's one of those, it goes in on the shelf with the other remakes that nobody cares about and nobody asked for. It's frustrating. It's like with everything. It's like with films or literature or TV shows, and you go, how did this, like, how did this become a real thing? I don't know. How'd this podcast become a real thing? Ah, the biggest question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody put money behind this goddamn If we lie enough and our nose grows or our shit grows, do we become a real podcast? We we could totally pull the same stunt. We could say Nick Cage is now part of the podcast, but he says nothing. Yeah, (laughs) special guest. Oh, that would have been so good. We should have introduced (laughs) Yeah, Nick Cage is here. Nick Cage is here reprising his role from Willy's Wonderland. And we could have just had the sound of a can opening. Yeah, we, we got to be so careful. Awesome. He yeah. might he might come around looking yeah, for yeah. Uh, looking for his fee. Uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> this is that bastard. Yeah, no, Nick Cage is is you know he is just an enigma and a riddle. He's an enema wrapped in a wriggle. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the reboot of the Shit So podcast. <laughs> reboot these nuts. <laughs>